table out there. Check them out, especially the community table. We got some things and flyers out there that you can take home and hand out to, to people who are um, in need of groceries and other things like that. Boys and Girls Missionary Club focuses on, oh, I'm sorry, Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. <laughs> the money that we collect goes to the missionaries, and it's very important that we, we give um, this is the money that they live off of. They all have budgets, and, and this is a big thing, and it's teaching our children the importance of giving and the importance of missions and spreading the gospel. So if everybody wants to go ahead and come up and give. Last time the boys won, so come on. graciously volunteered to do the balloons so we have that we found a bouncy house that we want to put up if it's working so we'll need two people for that we need some people to help with parking and we also want more adults kind of scattered throughout because we've got 6,000 Easter eggs so we're expecting a big crowd we're gonna have a good time we're gonna have lots of fun so the more people we have helping we'll be having a meeting um, to go over the details in March the next thing is um, our Protect My Ministry video that we were going to do, technical difficulties, so we rescheduled it um, for March 10th, I believe. Yes, no, March 9th, Saturday, 10 a.m. If you filled out a background check, you want to work with kids, youth, nursery, children's church, and we need volunteers for that. You need to be here to watch this video, and there's an online test that we need to do, and we're going to keep track of who is completing that because it's very important that we, we're all um, on the same page and we want to keep our kids safe. And So if you want to work with children, you've got to be here March 9th, 10 a.m. 
The other important one is Love Lone Grove Day Meeting, March 10th after the morning service. We want to get that started because there's a lot of things we're planning for that. The more people we have involved, the bigger it'll be, and we're excited. People are already asking questions about it, so come to that meeting so we can go over what we, what we need to do and how we're going to get it off the ground. The last one has to do with our missions banquet. Raise a hand who is excited for the missions banquet. We're going to have some really good food. If you took a recipe and volunteered to make something, we need that meal or that recipe here by 3.30. The missions banquet starts at 4.30, but we need that, that entree, that food ready to go um, by 3.30. March 3rd, 3.30, bring your food so we can get it all sorted out. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have some videos we're going to show. We have um, a missionary that's going to be speaking to missionaries brochures that the ushers are going to be handing out one per family and what it is it's just telling you um, the importance of giving to our missionaries like I said before when we were collecting this money they have a budget that they live off of from buying groceries to the clothes they wear to making their vehicles run to supplies everything that we have and we take for granted here that's the stuff they live off of so when we make a promise between you and God, pray about it this week, ask him what you want, what he wants you to give, um, that's, a, that's a sacred promise, and if you're already giving, that's great, maybe pray about, ask about giving more, um, God blesses us when we give to missions, it's spreading the gospel, so when you take these brochures home, read them, pray about it, next week um, during service, talk about that and we'll collect it. Just a couple things real quick. I'll be real, real quick about this and we're going to take up our morning ties and offerings. Just a couple things in here in the bulletin. Just our, some of our normal things, you know, uh, uh, our Sunday mornings we have the Bible quest that my wife teaches for kids. That's on Sundays, Sunday mornings at 1030, Wednesdays at 7. And then also our youth group is at on Wednesdays at 7, uh, starts at 6.30 and starts at 7. They start eating food at 6.30. And thank you for Kim and Clint uh, uh, for uh, running our youth group. I really appreciate them. And then our uh, next men's breakfast is March 16th at 8.30 a.m. here in the Fellowship Hall. March 2nd is our men's Bible study here in the Fellowship Hall. And that is at 8.30 as well. And then Heart to Heart is March 19th at 6 p.m here at the church, and then March 30th uh, is Prime Timers at 12. And then just a couple other things. Uh, don't Again, Stacy already mentioned uh, about our uh, missionary Terrence here, Harris will be here next week. And then Brother Wooten, Dr. Wooten will be here on March 24th, and that's our general superintendent. So I'm excited to have him come. And then also, if you have a prayer request and you need prayer for something, we have a prayer sheet. And I do pray over this. So I want you to know that. So if you have a prayer request, get it on our sheet. Uh, and 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 I'll pray with I'll pray over this for you. Okay, uh, if we can have our ushers come at this time to take up our morning tithes and offerings. Let's pray, Father. We thank you for the blessings that you've given us. You've given us so much. You've given us salvation. 
You've given us food to eat, clothes on our backs, cars to drive, uh, money to pay for food, all those things you provide for us. You're our provider. And Lord, I'm reminded of Abraham when he was going to give Isaac as an offering. But you provided a ram in the thicket uh, that that had a, a horn caught in the thicket. And you provided for him. So Father, in the name of Jesus, you're our provision. And we want to give back to you what you've given us. And we do that in our tithes and offerings. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.
I sing for all that you've done for me. Well, let's sing that again. This is amazing. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love that you would take my You heal and I've witnessed it. 
Promises never fail. 
service but in our lives Lord as it says you are not just our Savior but you're our Lord which means master you're in charge so Father we give you everything this morning Lord I, I, I'm reminded in Sunday school that we talked about somebody mentioned that we are to pick up our cross and follow you daily which is to die to ourselves Father we do that this morning offer our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to you because you're worthy of it all Holy Spirit we invite you, you're already here but we invite you to move in our midst this morning in our hearts 
if there's been a time that we've grieved the Holy Spirit, we ask for forgiveness. We ask for a supernatural move of your presence this morning. For salvation, deliverance, and healing. Speak to our hearts, each and every one of us this morning. By the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, everybody say, amen. You may be seated like this, dismiss the kids and go back in the store. Sunday and I was like Lord what do you want me to say and I just kept praying about it and then I get a phone call from a missionary that needed somewhere to speak and uh, his name's Tom Jacob and uh, he is a missionary to India and he's from India and he moves in the, uh, the ministry and the, uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and so uh, this afternoon what we're going to do we're going to take a love offering after the service today but we're going we're gonna to do it at the end so he's going to invite people to fresh move of God in your life. If you need somebody that you're praying or interceding on behalf of another that needs a touch from God, that's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to help him. And listen, this is a team effort. And so you need to be open to what God wants to do in your life today. And how many of you guys believe that God can still perform miracles? You need a miracle in your life? God can do it. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You need a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. You've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. God wants to baptize you this morning. You need to be open to that. So I just say open up your hearts and your minds. I'm going to have Tom come up. I'm going to let him share, but I want to pray for him this morning. Tom, come on up. We're going to pray with you real quick. And uh, hopefully I don't uh, feedback here. So would you just stretch out your hands as we pray for him this morning. Father, I thank you for this man. Lord, I believe it was a divine appointment on how it all worked this last week. And uh, Lord, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and we have kindred spirits. I pray, I know that your anointing is on him. I pray, Father, as he speaks this morning, it'll be a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. I pray that our hearts and our minds will be open to what you have to say through him this morning. I pray, Father, against any unbelief and doubt. I pray, Father, for hearts that will be open for miracles and signs and wonders and miracles that are mentioned in the Bible, that are mentioned in the book of Acts. Holy Spirit, we invite you to move and to mess with our hearts this morning. Pray and touch this man as you move through his lips and his body. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said.
retired nurse, and she said, uh, I can't travel with you. I cannot travel with you at all. Long distances are so she only comes to the services uh, in the vicinity of Dallas and Fort Worth area. Other than that, she doesn't get to travel with me. But she knows that by 11 o'clock, I'm on the platform. She is praying for the service, praying for everybody and the pastor. We are very grateful that uh, God opened the door for me to come. See, I want to bless you with my uh, anointing and bless you with the knowledge of the word of God. I'm a Bible student, Bible teacher. Uh, I don't patronize Hollywood anymore. Last 40 years ago, I quit watching TV. I have no time for them because I used to live in Los Angeles. I know what is brewing in uh, Hollywood. So I have no interest whatsoever for things pertaining to this world, but other than the things that I have to do to run a family. I'm very grateful uh, to God for bringing me here in your midst. Uh, all of you start praying for me. I know some of you were praying for me and for the service. I requested a special prayer for the service. Uh, you see, I want to be a blessing. Uh, and also, uh, I want to pray for you. Uh, I see miracle one after another here in America and in India. Uh, I'm a first generation Pentecostal from India. Uh, I was raised in a church called the Church of England, the royal religion in England. Priests come with a robe, prayed the prayer from the prayer book, we read the prayer responsibly to his reading. So that's the kind of background I had. Uh, God brought me out of that church. By the way, I'm third generation preaching, first generation Pentecostal. That makes a difference. <laughs> my grandfather was a school principal and a minister of the gospel. And uh, my father was a school principal and a minister of the gospel. And he literally walked with God. Uh, he wanted to become a, uh, a Pentecostal, but uh, my mother said in those days back in India, Pentecostals were considered as second-class citizens, low-class people. That's the way the traditional people looked at them. Uh, it used to be like that here in America, too. Uh, they call all the names uh, uh, on the Pentecostal, but uh, um, later, after my father's death, um, my mother became a Pentecostal. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, my father literally walked with God. He was a man of prayer. Very rare personality. He even knew when he was leaving. He told my mother, mother um, uh, that I'm leaving. I'm going to the Father. I want all of you to come. But the Lord will be with you and with my six children. And I was only 13. And uh, I was away from him. Uh, all of us were away from him except the mother uh, at his deathbed uh, at that moment. And uh, when I walked in, Mama said uh, he went to be with the Lord. Already. My mother raised me in a special way. Their desire was that I should become a priest in the Anglican church. And... Uh, Finally, become a bishop in the Anglican Church, but I had no desire to become a priest, so I was away from God. And uh, my mother was a teacher with him, and uh, 
six of us, almost all of us are uh, school teachers. I was a teacher at a high school when God called me into the ministry. And uh, uh, never want to become a preacher, but he called me at the age of 21, and I gave my life to Jesus. I'm a product of an American missionary who come to, came to preach in my hometown. My hometown hosts Pentecostal, two large national Pentecostal conferences, uh, conventions uh, for a whole week. And uh, I was the enemy of Pentecostalism, and I told my mother when she became a Pentecostal, if you bring any pastors and uh, ministers, pastors and uh, believers to our house, uh, I'm going to take a knife from the kitchen and slice them into pieces because you did not let me go for the volleyball game. So I was a soccer player, volleyball player at that time uh, as a teenager, but uh, she restricted me from going there. So I, I didn't mean to do it, but three years later, God brought me into Pentecostal Beta with an unusual experience. Uh, uh, at the time of uh, 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 my conversion, American preacher, Dr. Wesley Hargraves from East Coast, uh, he offended me. 10,000 plus people were sitting in a open air bundle. Uh, I was uh, just happened to be there. As I approached, uh, as I approached the convention place, the whole highway was shining like a, uh, like a 150 degree uh, sunshine hitting the ground. As I got into the convention bundle, the whole area was brightened by some kind of a special light. And uh, I heard the message in its entirety. And uh, he said, if you don't get right with God, you will be spending your uh, time in eternal hell. That word touched my heart, pricked in my heart in the biblical language. And I got convicted. I gave my life to Jesus. He filled me with the passion for souls as he called me into the ministry. And I agreed with the Lord that I will preach and fight for the truth. And ever since, 90, since 1965, I've been fighting and preaching, protecting the uh, New Testament doctrinal teaching by all means. Some people call me a missionary to America. Some people call me an apostle. Some people call me, um, uh, they, they call me many, many names. But I'm nothing. When the Holy Ghost comes upon me, I'm a different personality. Uh, as I see the need of American churches, uh, I've been searching for a Pentecostal church for uh, 53 years here in America. So you know how long I've been here. Never found one. I'm still searching. But when I talked to this young preacher, I was surprised that I, uh, his enthusiasm and his uh, eagerness to do anything and everything for the expansion of the gospel and uh, willingness to fight for the truth, it gave me encouragement. I very seldom see preachers like that. I in fact, I've never seen anybody like that <laughs> here in America. First, I thought that something is wrong with him. <laughs> because, you know, I... I traveled, full-time travel, 35 years here in America. I preached in many, many states. 
Not in every church I preached, but uh, very seldom see such a passion, burden, enthusiasm. What other words I can use? So it was an answer to prayer. I'm getting ready to go back to India in April. God will have to do some miracles for me to go. Last year, same thing. Uh, I had no money to go back to India. Some families sent me almost $20,000. A couple of families sent me $10,000. Another few families sent the $5,000, $2,000, $500, $20, $30. I put it together, took it with me to India so I can feed starving people. Here in America, no preacher knows what starvation means. Most of the people that I work with are starving people. They may only have a one pair of pants and a shirt, but they press it and stand before the congregation like they are millionaires. You know, India is the largest mission field in the world with over 1.4 billion people. 86% of our people are Hindus. They worship about 330 million deities. By the way, uh, thank, you put, put, uh, thank you for putting me in at the hotel there. A witness to the man, probably you talked to the short man, uh, young man. Uh, you know, my headlight was open, uh, on for some reason. I can see my car uh, uh, from my room, so I noticed that uh, uh, the light was on for some reason. Uh, I couldn't figure out what was going on, so I went out and uh, found out that the switch was uh, turned into a different direction. That's the reason it's so. All of a sudden, the man, uh, he's probably 20, 22 years old, very decent man. He, he was a child when he came from India, and he educated here. He communicated with me uh, very well, uh, and I began to talk to him about how the Lord saved my life uh, from sinful ways. He said, I'm a Hindu. I said, I know. I'm a student of uh, uh, Hinduism. I know everything about Islam. I learn I'm a highly educated man. I can, uh, I can tell you what Islam is all about. I can tell you all, uh, what uh, Hinduism is all about. And I began to tell him how Jesus healed me from my heart attack and my cancer. Finally, I said, I met a God who can communicate with me from time to time. So, uh, God did that work uh, uh, at that time. Uh, India need to hear the gospel, but Christianity is not growing back there. 50 years ago, we had 3% Christians. We still have three. Out of the three, there may be 1% or less born-again Christians in the whole land of India after all these years of mission work. It's heartbreaking. I'm filled with the flaming passion for the lost, not only in India, and the surrounding countries, but also uh, United States. When I got saved, God placed a unique burden in my heart for India and the surrounding areas, plus the United States of America. Long before I came to America, I started weeping before the Lord for America. I wondered why he brought uh, such a heavy burden in my heart for America. Now I know America needs to... Uh, prayers and tears from all around the world. We are in a bad shape. We 
better find ways to please a living eternal God. If not, what happened in Europe is going to happen here. Is there any Islamic people here? That you know? Europeans said, we don't want God, we don't want Bible, we don't want a church, we can handle it, we have the money, we know, the, know how, we can handle everything, we don't need you, God. God said, turn around and said, if you don't want me, I'll teach you a lesson. No, I'm a student of world history. Nowhere in the human history uh, where Islamic people are thronging into countries of Europe uh, never happened in the human history. You know, Merkel, Dr. Merkel, German Chancellor said, oh, we will receive them. And I was scratching my head, oh my goodness, she is half dumb. She doesn't know what Islam is all about. <laughs> all they want is the women and the money of the Christians and the Jews. If you, if you and I don't pay attention to the almighty God, we will be punished here in this world and in the world to come. American preachers are too reluctant to preach eternal fire. It's part of the gospel. That's why churches in America are playing a game with the almighty God. India still have 37 million people that live in the jungles of India do not know who Jesus is. They worship monkeys and snakes and dogs and rats, things like that. Mountains, Sun and moon, elephants, monkeys, even rats are worshiping objects. I hiked the mountains of India, remote villages, forest, to meet these people. My entire 99.9% .9 ministry is among the tribal people. They're uneducated, uncultured, civilized people, human beings just like you and I, precious in the sight of God, but never heard the name of Jesus. Western missionaries and native missionaries gave up on them because nobody can make a living. See, I live in America. I don't need an Indian's helper to preach the gospel, meaning I don't want these poor people's offering to survive. They need preachers, help from preachers like me. I went and hiked the mountains and shared the gospel with them. I see their little God between two rocks put together like this and they bow before the little statue. And I went among them uh, and uh, shared the gospel of salvation with them. Led many to Christ. And that's one of the reasons a Hindu government, present government of India, is oppressing Christians there. How many heard that Christians are suffering in India? We have no freedom to preach the gospel there. In most areas, I can be killed at any time. I, I, I had two Bible trainings. By the way, we have 18 major languages and over 1,600 dialects in the country of India. Back in, uh, I, I used to live in Los Angeles and, you know, uh, and uh, even in uh, Dallas area, people think I'm a Mexican. They come to me and I start talking to me in Spanish and I tell them, no comprende. <laughs> I already learned four languages. Uh, no more room here in the computer chip won't allow me to have anything anymore. I'm almost 80 years of age. Don't look at my gray hair. I never put color on my hair. I'm still young. 
with this language barrier i have to have a translator always next to me to communicate the gospel once i leave my own state every state has their own language and uh, the lord taught me a lesson to train some of their young people that's what i've been doing last 25 years i had one bible training center in the extreme south that's where i come from and i had one in uh, north india somebody mentioned about a uh, australian missionary dr graham leper doctor uh, he and his two little boys were burned to death how many heard that story see yeah. uh, two two weeks two two and a half weeks right before that incident uh, i was in the neighborhood preaching the gospel and uh, i was extremely careful extremely careful with my wording uh, to make sure i used to preach them to them and said you know your gods are chunk of wood chunk of metal uh, there is no power in them if you knock them down you know they cannot get up uh, that's they are not gods uh, i'm talking about the eternal living god he created the heaven and the earth jesus is his son he came to die on the cross that type of thing. now i don't mention anything of that nature i can be beaten up at killed at any time at this moment there are many missionaries village pastors and their wives are in jail because their crime this is what the crime they committed they preached the gospel and led hindus to christianity hindus are uh, arguing that uh, we are forcing people to come we don't you know we just present the gospel we don't force anybody to come that's not a conversion if you force them tell the gospel message share with them and they get attracted to that gospel message turn their life over to jesus and uh, uh it's a difficult job ministering among the people i used to distribute new testament copies to many many people young people middle aged uh, people and <clears throat> anyone who can read i distributed personally i distributed new testament copies last time last year when i was there in april may months uh, i was reluctant to distribute bibles to young people i never know who that person is um, until something happened because there is a great revival among the hindu radicals and uh, they are uh, totally against christianity they burned down hundreds and hundreds of churches in many areas uh, i hear news about the uh, while i was there i read the news uh, in uh, christian newspapers uh, while i'm here i get messages from people uh, they they burning down church buildings uh, beating up preachers and believers killing them some of them preachers are tied to the tree and uh, many youths get together and beat them up and uh, some got killed so it's not easy when american missionaries go to india and visit calcutta and they come back and say great revival take that's a outright lie second and third generation pentecostals are totally confused they don't know what they're doing needless no needless to say we are the fourth and the fifth generation that's why we are slowly moving away from god and derived into what we are now we used to be fiery people we shook the world with the power of pentecost now we can't do anything you see when, when our missionaries go to other countries they send a report that there is great things happening here but the saddest part of it see i'm not criticizing i'm a i'm a people loving person i'm a soul winner i can lead people to christ anywhere in the world here in america any cities i can i'm a, always i'm sharing the gospel my mouth will never be quiet because jesus lives in me uh 
you know have, you and i are the ambassadors of christ so we cannot be left alone we must be the light of the world and uh, uh, you know i can go anywhere in the world and lead people to christ except in the islamic countries they will chop my head off for mentioning the name of jesus uh in the, as i go through middle eastern uh, towns i'm extremely careful with the my conversational way of uh, uh, dealing with people. I'm, uh, if I'm safe in the area, I'll talk to people about Jesus or so. Other than that, publicly, we cannot mention, even carry the Bible openly. Uh, it's dangerous. Uh, it's already 23 minutes that I took. I'm sh trying to give you a vivid picture of what's happening around the world. Pray for souls around the world. Millions are perishing in India, Pakistan. They are killing Christians uh, and uh, uh, African countries. You name it. Uh, there is a difficult time for Christians in this day and time. It's uh, end times approaching, and uh, we have to be on our knees interceding for souls. India need to hear the gospel. And uh, 22 years ago, uh, I uh, closed down two Bible training centers and I built a Bible college in the area that I grew up. Uh, it's a highly educated people living in that area. That's my little hometown. People are all over the world. When you come to that town, you can see the difference between other parts of the country and the area. People, Christian people, all are Christian. 99.999% are Christians. They are all over the world bringing money into the town, little town. And uh, I built a Bible college in my home, own ancestor property. You know, I only pass through this world one time. If you say it twice, I will argue with you. And what I had, I gave it to the Lord. And last 22 years, I've been training young people from that place. It's a three-story building. Most of you got my ministry brochure in your hand, didn't you? If not, please pick up one and pray for us. Start praying for us. And in, at the inside flap of that brochure, there is a a uh, picture of a concrete building there, three-story building standing on a uh, pillars. Uh, spent quite a bit of money to build that. All money came from American churches. Uh, God's people donated the money, and I built that building. And I have teachers coming and teaching there. When the students come, they come with a shirt and a pair of pants. <coughs> I give them clothing free of charge. Very poor. They travel two, three days on a fast train to come to the Bible college from different parts of India. And I give them clothing free of charge, uh, transportation charge to come to the Bible college to go back to their villages. Uh, and also give them room and board free of charge for four years. We offer BTH and MD diplomas. And uh, uh, we keep them for four years and give them in-depth study in the word of God so they can take the gospel back to their communities. They can share the gospel with the educated as well as the uneducated. And uh, tremendous results. Uh, uh, for instance, I, I, I planted a church with uh, four people. I led them to Christ. Planted the church with four people. Now, a short man, he is probably this high, son of an attorney. He was a Hindu. He became a Christian. He graduated from my Bible training center. And uh, he is the pastor. He has almost 400 people there. He also planted three other churches. He goes there and conducted uh, uh, worship services in the afternoon after this service. You see, not because we did something unique, but because of the power of the gospel. Once you get a hold of the deeper thoughts of Christianity, you will say, God is real. Uh, 
COVID did a damage to our ministry. I used to support village preachers. They're starving. Village preachers need support. Uh, I used to support 100 preachers. I have no money now to feed them. I can, last year, I conducted uh, ministers' conferences. Almost 40 uh, ministers came to one place and attended my conference for three days. Uh, they are second and third generation Pentecostal. They never heard what, they never knew what real Pentecostalism is all about. And I taught them. And they became uh, powerful preachers as they went back to their villages. And they are keep asking my assistant, uh, when is the next conference? So we, I'm going back to India. But in order to conduct the conferences, I have to keep them at the Bible College facility for several days and feed them, shelter them at the same time, uh, give them training, and give them money for transportation and little extra help for the next couple of months, rice money. I don't have any money this time. Praying for miracle. You know, God will provide uh, April uh, 10th. I'm taking off from America to India for a couple of months. Uh, Pray that the Lord will use me. We also feed some village uh, widows. We bought about 100 sewing machines for young widows who have the knowledge of sewing trade so they can stitch clothes and have little cash flow. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see. See, here in America, I, you know, I've been here long enough to see what's happening here. You don't have to teach me anything. Grocery stores and the restaurants and even churches and uh, even families dump food in the trash bin there. You know, when I see those things, if I can have it back in India, I can feed thousands of uh, poor village preachers and poor believers and poor widows who cry to God for daily food. No welfare system for Christians. Uh, poor Hindus get help uh, and the low-class people get help, not the poor Christians. Christians are a neglected group of people in the country of India. So remember India in your daily prayers. Uh, okay, are you ready to hear the word of God? You see... Uh, quickly, I share this with you. Uh, would you be kind enough to do me a favor? I want to see uh, the people's face while I'm preaching. Can you brighten the room a little bit anyway? A little bit? That's it? Okay, okay. If you get upset with me, please tell me when you are upset, okay? <laughs> Otherwise, I can, I can see it from here. I love you. I want to bless you with the, with the word. Would you turn your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You see, uh, 20, January 20, 20, 2023, uh, I had COVID. I was wearing masks all the time. Uh, when I travel uh, in a restaurant or someplace, I take the mask off and, uh, you know, get an infection. Uh, uh, this year, we were at a wedding, about 700 people at the Hilton Hotel Lobby in Dallas area, and I took the mask off for, uh, to eat some appetizers, and uh, about 700 people moving around. Uh, as I came home, my wife got COVID, uh, my daughter got COVID, and I was out of the COVID trouble, and all of a sudden, my blood test turned to positive. So uh, we had a tough time. Satan is working overtime to topple his very elect. I'm still wearing masks. Pray that the Lord will bless me with the preaching. Very familiar portion of scripture. First Corinthians chapter 1 verses 1 through 8. 
Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and sustain as our brother unto the church of God which is at Corinth to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints with all that is that in every place call upon the name of the Lord name upon name of Jesus Christ our Lord both theirs and ours grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ. That in everything you are enriched by him. In all utterance and in all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So that he come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall also confirm you unto the end. That ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's have a word of prayer. Would you join with me in prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to your presence, O Lord. Through your Son, you gave us access to your holy presence. We worship you, Lord. We magnify your name. We glorify your name. We adore you, Lord. You are the only triune God that we can uh, uh, have in our life, Lord. We uh, bless you, uh, at this time, O oh Lord, may thy word go forth with power and in the Holy Ghost and with the great assurance so that it will do a tremendous work in the uh, lives of every believer that are represented here, O oh Lord. I thank you for these precious lives, O oh Lord. They are bought by your blood, so they belong to you. And I bless them in your name once again, O Lord. Minister to the man who in charge of this service. Bless his family and his uh, children, O Lord. Entire family, O Lord. We give you all the praise and glory. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You know, Bible tells us that Apostle Paul planted this church uh, uh, in Corinth. You know, Paul is giving some... Uh, Vivid, giving us some vivid description about the early church in Corinth. You know, I want to read verse 4 through 8 once again. Please pay, please pay attention, to, attention to each word. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that he come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be <coughs> excuse me, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Paul laid out some vivid description about the church in Corinth. See, you and I have a, an obligation on our part to pattern our worship style according to what Holy Spirit did in the early church. You see, on verse 4, he says... I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him. So the Lord really blessed them with a unique blessing in all utterance and in all knowledge. They gave them deeper understanding of what Christ has done for the church. So they were enriched by it. And uh, uh, two uh, gifts were 
visibly manifested their utterance and knowledge. Two gifts. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. You know, even though uh, we are the largest uh, Pentecostal movement in America, most of our believers don't know what the nine gifts of the spirits are. And we don't know the use of it. We are just conducting services in uh, how many churches? Uh, more than 10,000 churches in America. But we don't know what the Holy Spirit can do for us. You see, without the Holy Spirit, we are just beating the bush. We are not reaching out to people. You see, let me share this with you. Average preachers don't bring it out at all. You remember the book of Daniel. Everybody can hear me. Can you hear me? It's clear enough. I'm having a little trouble with my voice. You know, if I go down, keep me up, okay? Okay. Uh, please. Uh, you remember the book of Daniel? Daniel was a man of God. He was uh, with the divine appointment, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel were brought into the Babylonian uh, uh, court. And the story is this. Nebuchadnezzar had a vision. And as he woke up from the sleep, and he forgot what he saw. So it, it troubled him. So Daniel was brought in. Daniel and his buddies prayed and prayed. They got an answer from the Lord. Daniel went in and said, O king, uh, what you saw is this, a huge statue. Certain parts uh, were made up of uh, certain metals uh, and so forth and clay and everything. You read it, uh, book of Daniel chapter 2. Uh, if any atheist, if, if he study book of Daniel, he will have faith in God because uh, uh, God manifested his power and his glory uh, during the days of uh, Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. So nobody can uh, um, deny the existence of a personal God. Then Daniel said, this represents four big kingdoms of the world. Babylonian Empire, uh, Medo-Persian Empire, Grecian Empire, Roman Empire. And at the uh, description that he gave about those nations, uh, Daniel said, uh, uh, verse 44, Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall Never be destroyed. No human hand can destroy that kingdom. Uh, and he said, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. And it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand for ever. What is that kingdom? The kingdom of Christ. Jesus. See, Jesus, as he began to preach the gospel message, he said, uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. Mark chapter 2, um, chapter 1, verse 15. The kingdom of God is 
at hand. So, repent and believe in the gospel. You see, Daniel revealed to the Old Testament folks and the Babylonian uh, and uh, successive generations uh, that Jesus Christ will set up a kingdom on this planet Earth. They will break every nation into pieces with, uh, with what? With what? When Jesus set up the kingdom, how is he going to destroy all the kingdoms? See, that's a secret that we didn't catch so far. That kingdom uh, will not fight with the bow and arrow, uh, with the sword and uh, shield, and uh, no bomb, but uh, modern weapons will destroy it. He is going to be, be, build that kingdom in the hearts of men and women who embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that kingdom will break into pieces every nation through the power and the ministry of the Holy Ghost. You see, we don't know the people that are living in America and India now do not know, or the rest of the world do not know what that Holy Ghost means ministering to the people. See, Holy Spirit is God. He can do wonderful things that you and I cannot do it. You see, God cares for his people. I was a teacher at a high school back in India. Uh, uh, I was single at that time, uh, beginning of 1970. Uh, as I was uh, in charge of the sports and games at the high school, large high school, a couple of thousand students there. And uh, I was very athletic. And uh, after the uh, football game with the uh, big boys, at the college, and I was staying at the boarding school, came back to the boarding, took a shower, went to the cafeteria, ate my meal, and as usual, I went into the woods to pray. I was alone. While I was praying, I heard a voice from heaven. We said, son, I'm going to send you to the United States of America. You will be attending West Coast Bible College of the address is 6901 North Maple Avenue, Fresno, California. I never seen America before. I wrote to the college, wrote several letters to the college. Registrar denied my request and said, we have no money to take full responsibility of an international student. If he can come up with the money, we'll take you as an international student. How do I bring the money from India in those days, 50-some years ago? And I prayed, prayed, and prayed, and prayed. Holy Spirit said, don't worry about that silly guy, what he says. You will be leaving the country pretty soon. <laughs> Who do I believe? He said, he, in three letters, he said, denied my request, and Holy Spirit is saying, I'm going to send you to the United States now. You're going to leave the country, pack up your stuff, get ready to go. Finally, I wrote a letter back to him and said he was a German. No wonder he was uh, so stubborn. <laughs> he was a Holy Ghost man. He was a Holy Ghost man. Spiritual stubbornness is good. And uh, 
I wrote a letter back to him and said, the Holy Spirit is keep telling me that he's going to send me to your school. And that statement did wonders for me. He sent me all the legal letters and the admission letter and the scholarship letter. And uh, I got the paper, went to American Embassy, presented the paperwork to them. They said, uh, welcome to the United States of America. <laughs> what a great God. <coughs> he is a great God. You know, many of you may say, Tom, God did it for you. I live in Lawnmower, I mean, uh, Lawn Grove. Nobody knows me. You don't have to have anybody to know you. I was not a known man. And, you know, God, when the Lord wants to do something for you as you approach him with your faith and commitment, he will do it for you. He will do wonders for you. Hallelujah. You know, what are the nine gifts of the Spirit? First Corinthians chapter 12. If you don't mind, just turn with me if you can see. I know it's kind of dark here for me as a young man. Then, uh, uh, look. What, what scripture I said? First Corinthians chapter 12. Okay. Uh, let's look at it very closely. Verse 1 said, now concerning spiritual gifts, my brethren, I would not have you ignorant. He's telling the precious people in the city of Alondro and the surrounding areas, look, I don't want you to be ignorant about the gifts of the spirit, meaning I want you to be aware of it. If you negligently avoid knowing it, that's your fault. See, a crazy preacher from America wrote, a, wrote an article 50 some years ago, close to 60 years ago. I came to the, I was a newcomer to the Pentecostal faith. I got an article uh, uh, he wrote. I got the copy of it in my hand. He said, pray for the gift of prophecy. It took a hold of me. I began to pray. See, here Paul said that, I want you to be aware of it. Unless somebody tells you and I, how do we know? That's why we are here. We are here to study the word. If we don't negligently avoid study, learning the word, we're going to be spiritual dwarfs. It's not pastor's fault. A man like him with a, this kind of a Holy Ghost anointing and uh, enthusiasm and excitement to bring people to Christ and lead them to eternity. You should study the word. And keep him busy Monday through Friday and say, Pastor, come. We'll come. We want to know. Hallelujah. The nine gifts mentioned on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, 9, and 10. It says, uh, verse 8 says, uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Verse 9 says, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues. An interpretation of tongues. If you counted it, nine of them, that's for you and I. You see, you can feed me with a Subway sandwich for a 
couple of days. There is no nutrition in it. In the subway sandwich, I don't have any reserve. I have to have solid food to keep my muscles move, my blood to circulate. I have solid food. We got to have deeper thoughts of Christianity at all times so we can grow in the Lord. Can I use an expression? I'm not trying to offend you. I love you. Americans are starving spiritually. All across the nation, American panic. Don't, don't get upset with me. I know everyone. American Pentecostal leaders are spiritually starving. They are not knowing the power of the word, power of the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, they will fight with me for the truth of the gospel. Television preachers, 99% of them are ugly preachers. They're offending the, the almighty God with their ugly preaching. It's not the truth of the matter. You may get upset with me. You don't have to support me. I'm telling you, their ministry is an obnoxious things in the presence of God. It's, they are not preaching the truth. Gospel has the power. The word of God has the power. It will transform. It will transform the lives of the sinners. It will transform the lives of the believers. If not, why God bother to give it to us? There is an inherent power. Inherent power in this holy book. It's made up of the power of God. He's not an Oklahoman. He's not a Dallas man. He is not from India. He is the creator of this universe. His name is Jehovah God. We cannot worship the Lord without these nine gifts. Can I say something to you? Now you know who I am, right? Why we waste our time? Like I said, we only pass through this world one time. I'm a March 9th, I'm going to be 80. So I'm fighting faster. So because my days are numbered, I'll be gone like everybody else. So I want to do the utmost for the Lord. If I don't do it, I will be giddy of guilty of negligence. I fear the Lord. When I was growing up, my mama used to, I was a teenager. At that time, mama used to tell me, son, I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord. You fear the Lord? What does that mean, so to speak? Now I fear the Lord. You better have the fear of the Lord in your system. If not, you will not make it to heaven. He doesn't have a, a permission to give a passport to heaven. You have to work your way up by obeying the word of God. Live a righteous life. Fear the Lord. Get to know him. Love him. Love him to death. A great revival broke out in Antioch, according to Acts chapter 11, last paragraph right before the last paragraph. 
News went to Jerusalem. Thousands are gathering there in Antioch. And apostles send Barnabas uh, to Antioch. See, these are recorded stories of early church. I want you to know these things. Uh, uh, your pastor cannot give uh, every information in the Bible. Slowly he will get to it. Yeah, but it takes time. Oh, hallelujah. 11th chapter of the book of Acts. Uh, I even to, he went to Antioch. Uh, first, uh, Acts chapter 11, chapter verse 20 and uh, 19 through 25, I guess. Okay, now, as he went there, I want you to look at that expression. Uh, uh, let me see. Underline everything here. Uh, verse 21. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And with a great uh, number believed and uh, turned unto the Lord. A great revival took place there. On verse, uh, Barnabas coming to uh, Antioch on verse 23. When, when he came and had seen the grace of God. You see, how do you see the grace of God, brother? Sister, how do we see the grace? I can see you. But how do I see the grace of God here? I see the pews. I see the walls. How do you see the grace of God? So, Something can be manifested as the Holy Ghost starts moving. When he came, he has seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with the purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. See, on verse 24 says, uh, uh, he, Barnabas was a, what kind of man? Good man. By the way, good man, all the good men in the world won't make it to heaven. But he, this is a good man in the sense that he is uh, close to the Lord. And he was not only that, not only that, he was, what's the next expression? Full of Holy Ghost. He was full of, is there a convention preacher in America who is full of Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. And verse 23 said, he exhorted them all that with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. Cleave unto the Lord. What does that expression means? Cleaving unto the Lord. See, I'm leaning on this uh, podium. I'm Leaning on the podium, I'm, in a way, in the general sense, I'm cleaving to the podium with a close relationship with the Lord. You can live a victorious life. Like I said, love him to death. You know, many expressions Apostle Paul used. Um, Ephesians chapter, uh, the last verse of the book of Ephesians, if you don't mind, Get acquainted with these expressions that, you know, at least you can fight with the demonic forces as, they, as the uh, warfare take place, you know. Ephesians, uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Look at the last verse. You know, I took, a, I spent time, you know. I don't sleep that too many hours during the night. 
I spend my time with the word of God. Day and night, except the time that I sleep, a few hours night. I stay until sometimes 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock at night. Don't do that. Bad for you, but the Lord is keeping me together. I sit with my Bible and I continue to do research. I'm writing an article um, for the largest newspaper in our area. They said they will publish it uh, about the coming of the Lord. See, I'm looking at every word in the book of Revelation and book of Daniel uh, to make sure that our forefathers taught us right. Uh, I'm doing the research. Uh, boy, if you study the book of Revelation, you will cling to God because of the fear of the Lord. And uh, Paul here says on the last, uh, oops, uh, last verse of book of Ephesians, grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in, what's the next word? Huh? In sincerity, King James KJV says, in sincerity. I did a research on that expression to uh, love him uh, in sincerity. That KJV translation is not strong enough. I, you know, with the, all of you can do the same thing, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm studying the Bible. Uh, computer helps me. I'm not a computer expert. With the click of a, uh, a mouse, uh, I can see 45 translation right before my eyes, and I compared many translation with this translation. Also, I referred to my Indian translation, which is done by a German scholar, and this is what it says in the original. Uh, Love your Lord Jesus Christ without hypocrisy. Uh, Love your Jesus Christ with an undying love. <laughs> Uh, love immortal, love him with a love immortal and imperishable. I like this expression. Love the Lord Jesus Christ in incorruptibility. Oh, your love and my love will last eternally forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. When you love the Lord, the more you love him, it will shine on your face. You know, I travel across the country, not in every state, uh, many, 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 many states, and uh, go through, in, go to India through via Pacific, via uh, Atlantic, through European countries, people, strangers come to me here in America. He'll, they look at me and say, sir, you look like a Christian. I don't have any labels. Some preacher look at me and say, even if I'm standing in a line to board on a plane, they look at me and say, sir, loud, loud terms, you know, voice are too loud. Sir, you look like a preacher. How do they know? When you rejoice in the Lord, the world will recognize that uh, that man, that woman walked with Jesus. A Catholic nun, I was sitting at the Bahrain airport in the Middle East. Uh, you know, I keep my mouth shut, zipped up completely because 
Is somebody hear me? Uh, see, okay, communicating the gospel with other people, I can be put in jail because I'm in, even though I've been here 50 some years, I keep the Indian passport open so I can freely go. Otherwise, they will ship me out. Never be able to go back to India. So, uh, my wife is a citizen here, but I keep my Indian citizenship open. I sat there, a Catholic nun, Catholic nun. Everybody knows who a Catholic nun. Uh, she was uh, staring at me and said, sir, you look like a Pentecostal preacher, aren't you? I'm telling you, your great-grandfather, great-great-grandmother who lived in America were fiery people. They saw the glory of God. They saw the blessings that coming from heaven with their visual eyes, and they began to glorify him. They gave the whole personality to Jesus and they began to fight with the false doctrines of the Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran, Anglican, Catholics, and Eastern Orthodox churches. We compromised with everybody and said, we have a problem now. We are Pentecostal. Unfortunately, we have a chip on our shoulder. We speak in tongues. Just forgive us. That's the attitude modern Pentecostal leaders takes. It is ugly. God will never tolerate it. The distinctive blessing God imparted on you and I, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, is not a game to play with it. We must cherish the Holy Ghost and let the fire ignite it, and we can be the blessings for millions in our day and time. These nine gifts are given to the body of Christ. If we deliberately, neglectly give up on it, and speak against it. See, if, we're, if we are not cherishing the Holy Ghost, that itself is a sin of omission. Hallelujah. I'm weeping. I'm asking God, how long are we going to tolerate this, Lord? How long are you going to tolerate this? We have nice worship places. Padded pews, matching colors everywhere. Nice carpeting, beautiful walls, heating and uh, air conditioning, and uh, all the material blessing that we needed. Still, we don't serve him wholeheartedly. All these blessings are here. In some places, I remember the days I go and sit on wet mat, Muddy floor, I sit on wet mat. I came out of the place with the mud on my bottom of my pants. But that's all right. God is faithful to his word. I love you. I love you. Please take the Holy Ghost seriously. He can use you, every one of you, mightily with the manifestation of the gifts. And you can have the largest church in Atmore area or in Oklahoma if the manifestation of the gifts takes place. Let me conclude it. Hallelujah. We are too ashamed to speak in tongues. 
this church must have been saturated with the power and the glory of God from the beginning of the service to the end and the gifts of the man, uh, Holy Spirit must be manifested during the uh, service time. If not, there is uh, uh, no blessing uh, from heaven going to visit us. I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 26, I believe. Yeah, it is. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm? Hallelujah. What is that? Not Psalm 1 through 150 in the book of Psalms. Heavenly songs can be sung during the service. Your forefathers did it. And I do it even now. Singing the Holy Ghost. My wife and I go for a walk during the summertime. She's a slow poke. She's only five foot tall. I walk fast. Move, you know, because of my heart trouble, I have to walk every day. And uh, I sing in the Holy Ghost. Some of the people in my neighborhood know that I'm a preacher. I don't care what they say about me. My life is precious in the sight of God. I only pass through this world. Like I said, one time I want to take the, uh, take all the blessings Jesus offered to me. I want to pray in tongues. I want to sing in the Holy Ghost. If I'm flying, I sing in the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter to me. I, I belong to Jesus. You have not chosen me, I, but I have chosen you. And to go forth and bear fruit. My fellow believers, Apart from Jesus, we cannot do a dime worth of thing. You come, So when you come together, you see, I can tell you. See, if I if I say something, I'm not offending you. I'm trying to. I'm I'm, I'm a preacher. I have certain way of communicating. I can I I can tell by looking at you. Many problems in life have beaten you up. I have great problems, severe problems, uh, but I walk over the problems because Jesus is with me. He knows what is happening. Tonight, if the Lord willing, I'm going to preach a, a, a powerful message. I died twice in the last eight years. God brought me back to life. I uh, see miracles happening in the life of my audience. Uh, I have seen uh, uh, miracles happening in my home. Uh, my wife had lupus through prayer. She got healed. Where many sicknesses has got answers from the Lord. I had lung cancer, leukemia, multiple myeloma. I died at the hospital bed. I'm still moving around. Uh, I'm asking God to give me another 20 years to fight. When you, when you come together, every one of you had a psalm. Every one of you had a doctrine. Doctrine? Do we need it? If we don't have boundaries, this is what's going to happen to churches in India and America. Only doctrines are only in the book. We must be Students of doctrine. The doctrine is what made me powerful Christian. Solomon said in his uh, Song of Solomon, he said, the garden is fenced around. We have to, uh, the church, we have to have the boundaries. If not, church will be packed with the sin. 
Most churches in America are packed with the open sin. And I detect those sins. Some of them, uh, see, I'm not a perfect man. I confess my secret sin and public sin. Uh, when I detect that sin and uh, bring it before the people and lead them to Christ, some preachers don't like that. As long as we have sin in our, among us, we cannot serve a living God. We need to confess. We need the covering. That's why the shed blood of Christ is extending that covering throughout the church age. You understand my language? Then he said, uh, so, so, <coughs> Pardon me. Every one of you had that, uh, had that tongue. Every one of you had a tongue. We all got our tongues. He's talking about heavenly voice. Pastor told you before I came last week, probably he whispered in your ears. Don't speak in tongues when Tom Jacob comes in. Is that what is the reason? Honey, you are missing the mark. We are missing the mark. The fire is needed at the altar area. We need the fire consuming us. That fire ignited in my heavenly fire ignited in me six, uh, 57 years ago. The fire is still burning. It's consuming me. And every one of you had a tongue, <clears throat> had a revelation, a prophecy. Oh, Tom, every, every year, once or twice, we have two prophecies. Other than that, <coughs> pardon me, other than the Peter. My fellow believers, I am excited to know what's going to happen in my life, in my ministry, in my family, tomorrow, and then on. Don't you have that expectation? Don't you have that excitement? I want to know from this God. He's ready to reveal it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All it takes is this. Lord, I'm willing to be your voice. That's all the petition you have to give it to him. And every one of you had the tongue, every one of the revelation, uh, every one of you had the interpretation. All things be done uh, decently uh, and for the edifying. See, Paul here said, covered earnestly, last verse of chapter 12, covered earnestly the best gift. That's your job and my job. If you don't ask for it, back in India, <coughs> we have a saying, pardon me. Only cry baby get the bottles. And First Corinthians chapter 14, uh, verse, quickly read it for you. No time to expound on it. Follow after charity and desire spiritual, desire spiritual gifts. Desire, see, we used to have about 70 years ago, we used to have a habit of tearing for the Holy Ghost. Everybody come to the church praying and praying and praying and praying continuously. Jesus said, you should pray. You should pray. Apostles all told us to continue to pray. That's the part we have problem. We don't want to sit in the presence of God for more than five minutes or the most ten minutes. That's a problem with the modern Christian. My, my life is the same way. 
We are too busy. We want to accomplish thousand things in a matter of a couple of hours. We blame it to God. Lord, we don't have time for prayer. Praying church is a growing church. Praying church is a blessed church. Too many blessings there. Paul said, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that he may prophesy. See the emphatic expression Paul laid it out? Pray for the gift of prophecy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto... I want to talk to God all the time. You, you have that problem? No, I do. I do. If I don't speak, I know something I did wrong. So I, you know, plead, my, plead before the Lord uh, to, cle to cleanse me once again. Uh, for no man understandeth him how be it, uh, in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Prophecy can be a mighty blessing. So we need to wait upon the Lord. Let me conclude uh, this message with this thought. Uh, I attended a church 53 years ago. No, no, 58 years ago. Uh, as I uh, came to Pentecostal faith. This church had five prophets. When you have, I'm not talking about the self-made prophets that we see in America and India nowadays. No, no, no. America is full of false prophets. One lady prophesied, three, three prophets prophesied over me and said, Brother Jacob, money is going to come in your way. You're going to be blessed. I know it's come from the very pit of hell. That's not prophecy. God will specifically reveal things to you when we wait upon the Lord. This church had five prophets. All of them came from Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran, Baptist, uh, uh, Roman Catholic, uh, Latin Catholic, uh, Eastern Orthodox churches. They were so hungry for God. They were willing to surrender their life to the to utmost so that they will be blessed by heaven by all means. So they were hungry, always getting together for prayer, and they want to hear from the Lord. And I was part of the church for three years. And at that time, sinners come to the church with a truckload of problems. Somebody told them, come to the church, go to the church. You, you may be able to find an answer for your problem. He came or she came and sat in the last row. Nobody knows who they are, but the Holy, Holy Spirit knows who that is. As soon as that person is walked into the building, a prophet will recognize that man or woman instantly. See, God is real, my fellow believers. He wants to do mighty things through his people. I can give you so many scriptures where God is willing to impart that blessing to you. There are promises there. And uh, we sing only a couple of songs uh, before the, uh, at, the, at the beginning of the service. A couple of songs. Then everybody who got filled with the Holy Ghost began to speak in tongues. So it's permeating the whole area with the heavenly atmosphere. And all the, you know, all the voices are going up. Out of that voices, one voice will come up higher and higher and higher. And that, that man or that woman uh, will pick up that individual who came with a truckload of problems. 
Sometimes the name is revealed, sometimes it's not revealed. And he turn around, he or she turn around and say, here is a man with a, uh, this and this and this problem. He is here sitting in the back row and uh, he doesn't know what he's doing, but God is talking to them and he re that person start revealing things about his past, present and future. He is already touched by one prophecy. The second prophet pick up that same individual, start sharing the same uh, or similar things about his life, uh, uh, incidents that happened uh, through the years and uh, where he is standing now. And uh, at the most, uh, three, three uh, people pick, uh, you know, share the uh, prophecies with that individual. The Bible says with the uh, mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses, marriage shall be established. When he was bashful and... Uh, uh, you know, frightened with the situation, with the, like the Pentecostal praying and worshiping the Lord. He stand up in the middle of uh, uh, 250 people that they had uh, in the church for several years. And uh, uh, without any fear, he stand up uh, in the middle of that uh, service uh, with uh, tearful eyes and say, people, you don't know me. I don't know you. But you revealed all the secrets that I kept as a secret in my life for years. Paul says he will be convicted in the 14th chapter. When you get home, please read that chapter probably 50 times. Pick up every word and see, try to understand it. If you have a question, ask the pastor. He will reveal that meaning to you. He is ready to surrender his life to Jesus. Here, he says, here I come. I want to turn my life over to Jesus. I have seen that happening over and over and over again. I went to Sri Lanka and ministered there, ministered in a church with 400 people, never met that people. All of them are sitting on uh, floors, on mats, and they have a little podium. I have a picture with me where I preached, and uh, they, they were so hungry for God with the help of a translator. I know in the translator, I preached the word, and he's, uh, he translated real good. How do I know? At the end of the service, I turned around and gave an invitation for people to come and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and power. And I thought at the most two dozen, three dozen will show up. Over 450 people showed up at the altar area. I told them to stand, yeah, make several lines so I can come around and lay my hands on them, pray for them in the spirit. While I was praying, over 400 people got filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. That was the greatest outpouring I have ever seen in my entire lifetime. My fellow believers, it's possible for us to worship him in such a manner. Would you buy with hearts in prayer? Let's pray. Father and our God, we thank you for the occasion that you gave us, Lord. We are a bunch of dust, Lord. We are here to glorify you, Lord. I know you are such an awesome God. We just give you all the praise and glory for what you have done for us. You shed your blood so that we will have life eternal. We, you gave us the privilege to have faith in you, Lord. Thank you for the great faith that you have blessed us with, Lord. We give you all the praise and glory for what you are and what you are doing in our life. And we need, we need your power manifested here, Lord, at this uh, at this time, oh Lord, I'm praying that you give us the, uh, the, the anointing needed to reach out and minister to the people. You said, uh, 
you shall receive power after that the holy ghost is come upon you you shall be my witnesses throughout judea and samaria and uh, uh, world all together oh lord we, there is potential there you already established your kingdom in this world you built it in our hearts and we are here on this planet earth bless us together oh lord help us to manifest the nine gifts here in the services oh lord i give you praise and glory for what you have done in my life and i continue to impart that knowledge to other people oh lord empower us oh lord we need we need all we can get today we surrender our lives to you we ask for forgiveness oh lord we need the holy spirit and his blessing father son and the holy ghost we bless these people in your name minister to us supernaturally i give you all the praise and glory in jesus name i pray amen well every head is bowed every eye is closed how many will how many will honestly say toba heard what you preach <clears throat> i heard what you preach everybody think that i'm a christian but i'm not that message touched my heart i want i'm convicted now i want to turn my life over to jesus i need jesus in my life i'm willing to surrender my life totally and completely to him uh i need jesus in my life is there anybody here with that petition anyone i don't want to miss that opportunity anyone anyone no one how many will honestly say tom i heard what you preached uh i'm I'm longing for the baptism of the Holy Ghost at this time. Tom, I need the baptism of the Holy Ghost in my life. I'm I've been longing for it. I've been praying for it. I want to have that Holy Ghost baptism experience in my life. Would you pray for me? Of course, we will pray for you. Would you if that's your petition, would you slip up your hand and say yes, Tom? Yes, Tom. I need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Anyone? Anyone? I see that hand back there. I see that I see a couple of hands back there. Uh how many will honestly say tom i'm a, i'm a child of god i got filled with the holy ghost and i's not flowing like it used to i need the baptism of the holy ghost so badly uh, powerfully uh, uh, i want to see uh, that flowing through me in a mighty way jesus said uh, if he I, if any man thirst come unto me and drink he who believes in me uh, <coughs> out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water that's exactly what i preached this morning uh, abundance of living water more than mighty mississippi flowing in you it's abundant so he is willing to bless you if you long for it would you uh, slip up your hand and say yes tom i need the gifts of the spirit in my life i want the anointing without measure i need, i see that hand i see that hand i see that hand karamana shandala marakayana lama sandala Landala mara 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 ya. Would you all stand on your feet? Kasha mana la mara mara mara. Yeah. No. Go ahead. Brother Tom, did we talk about this message? Did you tell me what you were going to preach on? Guys, what did I preach on last Sunday? The same thing. So if you're here this morning, this is God. I I didn't communicate with Him anything. I just met him on the phone last week. I've never met him before. God is saying he wants to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The early church moved in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's how you're a witness. That's how you demonstrate the power and the anointing. 
Even if you have been filled before, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with, the, with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That means to be continually filled. Guys, God is speaking to you this morning. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're missing out on the gifts that God has for you. He's inviting you to come up. I wanted to interrupt because God has laid this on my heart there. If you want a passion to reach the lost, the baptism, that dudamous power is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All this stuff is biblical. I've experienced it. He's experienced. It's real. It's not fake. It's in the book of Acts. It's in the Bible. Do you want more of God? I'm inviting you down here to the altars for a reason. This was a divine appointment. He missed an appointment because somebody canceled with him, and I needed somebody to talk about missions, and God brought him here this morning. So if you're here, yes, that's God. That's God. Do you want more of God? That should be everybody up here to the front. Remember the old days? The altar would be filled with people being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to pray with him. And I don't mean to interrupt what he's doing, but I'm your pastor. And I see what God is doing. The only way we're going to reach this community is with the baptism and infilling of the Holy Spirit. Right, right. We're not That's just Pentecostal right. only. That's right. Are you just Pentecostal name only, or do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? If that's you, would you just begin to make your way down here? I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to make you feel bad. This is what God wants to do. In the evening, I will be praying for the sick also. But you can come. We will pray for you. Come on. I believe uh, 